whenever we put our hands on the word of God and we open it, we're opening his heart. And he's being very vulnerable with us. He is showing us his past. He's showing us his present. He's showing us his future. He's showing us how he's loved and how people have loved him back and some haven't. And, and he's being very vulnerable with us. This is his life. And this is his life with his people. And some looks pretty amazing and some points don't. But he never hesitated to tell all the stories. Jesus said, I am the word. That means he's this book incarnate and Wherever these stories were in any moment of time, he was there in some realm because he is the word made flesh. The book really is his journal, and it's the journal of those who fell in love with him. It's words that rise from the depths of hearts, sometimes from desperation, sometimes from love, sometimes from victory. But it is an honest journal of what it looks like to love him and be loved by him while you live in a very ungodly world. It is the story of his love. And true love is this exchange of vulnerabilities and the exchange of dreams with one another. If you love someone, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a spouse, a child, then somewhere in the health of that relationship, you're going to share your vulnerabilities with one another. Whether it's struggles or insecurities or whether it's your dreams and you're believing for it and to most people it would sound like a crazy dream or maybe you're struggling with this but maybe you're dreaming for that love is this dance of you share vulnerabilities and you share faith and you share vulnerabilities and you share dreams and you share victories and you share vulnerabilities and you're you're just doing this dance with him and the more vulnerable we are with him, then the more powerful our vulnerability is with one another. Because if I am just vulnerable with you, and I'm da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, then all you're going to hear out of my voice when I'm vulnerable is the earthly realm and the earthly perspective. And it may stir you to compassion. It may stir you to even admire if I am vulnerable with dreams, but it's going to keep you here. Because you're just hearing vulnerability from an earthly place, and that's 
really not our identity and that's not where we're called to move from. We're called to be seated in heavenly places. And my first place of vulnerability is with him. To be 100% in dialogue with him about every thought and every emotion and every reaction with no shame and no filter. And then he, when I open the gate, comes and speaks into those vulnerabilities with no filter, his grace and his patience and his hope. And we have exchanged, I'm being vulnerable with him about either this difficulty or this dream or this situation, and he's being vulnerable with me saying, well, I can be this for you, and I want to be this for you. And then there is this nanosecond in the spirit realm where we look at one another face to face and I decide will I receive his gifts of vulnerability will I receive his comfort because you see it's very vulnerable for him to go I I can comfort you no that's not what I want oh we broke his heart or he can go, I, I can give you strength. I can, I can give you a dream. I, I can do this. And he opens wide his heart, and he's vulnerable, you see, because he's love. And if you think he can't be wounded and hurt, you haven't read scripture. And I don't mean that to sound like a tacky comment, but he can be, you see. And so he's there saying, this is my story. This is my journal in this Bible. It's my journey with people, and some have been vulnerable with me, and some have let me be vulnerable with them, but some have not. But those who let us exchange vulnerabilities, it was glorious. Because they learned what David learned, and they learned what Paul learned, and they learned what we've talked about many times this year, that when you celebrate your weakness and you rest in the mystery of not knowing something, that in that moment, if you swing wide the gate of your heart, he comes in and gives you a stability and a power and a shift that you cannot do on your own that in that weakness he comes vulnerability to vulnerability to make you strong and he rests because that's who he wants to be for you and even when we are in peak of our strength and the peak of victory and the peak of praise and the peak of joy to still have this vulnerable heart to go but I know there's more please help me let go of even some of the good things I'm believing and holding on to if they're keeping me from the next realm of intimacy 
and power and the next realm of love and the next realm of carrying your healing. I want to continue on the journey. Everybody with me? You okay? You see, sometimes sometimes we just simply forget (laughs) that it's a two-way relationship. And that you can comfort him. Just by being vulnerable with him and receiving his help. You can um, make him smile (laughs) just when you go beyond yourself to love somebody else. See, it doesn't take much, you know. He's perfect love, and you've heard me say perfect love is perfectly grateful. He's not looking for big-time works, and he's not looking for you to do this and do that. He's just looking for moment-to-moment dialogue with us. He's very simple, you know. He's very, very simple. And if he happens to use you in a big way, wonderful. But he'll never value that big way or all those works more than one moment of authenticity between you and him. Of where you just say, I love meeting you. And almost nothing will melt his heart more than to say, I love you, Lord. He's simple. But it takes us getting quiet inside to be simple. Because we are human. And we get in our heads. And we get into this revelation and that revelation. Or this thing and do this. It's all good. As long as we don't miss. It's not the highest. As long as we're not deceived. But the highest thing we can do is to simply say, I love you, Lord. And help me receive your love. You hear me say that ad infinitum because it's his heart. Help me receive your love so that I can love myself in a healthy way and overflow to others. You know, I've been really taken, I think is a, is a good way to say it, um, with some different things with him lately and, and uh, different revelations. I don't even know how to talk about it. Um, I shared about five or ten minutes, not much, at Table Fellowship last Wednesday and All I could say when I finished was I didn't even begin to get out what was in my heart. And it wasn't a statement of insecurity or feeling like I failed. It was just truth. I feel like he's exploding so much and redefining scripture and redefining realms. 
that I don't even have words to explain it. But it's all very simple. But perhaps it could be put simply this way. He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, right? Second Timothy says this. Let me read it to you. Second Timothy 1.9. He's talking obviously about praising God who saved us and called us to a holy calling. Saved us. If you believe the Lord Jesus Christ crucified and risen as the Son of the living God, you are saved. He has saved us and he has called us. Many are saved and will be in heaven. But it's a choice as a believer whether we will accept and be called. Let me put it to you a, a different way. When Paul was writing to the church of Corinth, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting trespasses against him, entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, making his appeal through us. Let me say it one more time, a different way, and then we'll come tie it together, okay? In the time of Jesus, the scribes and the Pharisees were like a lot of us as believers. At one point, their faith was fresh, but then it got stale, and it got to the do's and the don'ts and the rules, and then they got a little judgy about whether people believed the way they did or not, and that's how eventually they morphed into being scribes and Pharisees. Happens in every generation. But in the midst of the scribes and Pharisees were two men, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus is what we would call a believer because he believed to the full of the revelation that was available before the cross. He had not gone into the staleness and the do's and the don'ts. Nicodemus loved the Torah, loved the prophets, lived it, and was still hungry for the fresh. So he was a full believer of the fullness of the revelation before the cross. And so then he sees Jesus. 
And now, John 3, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And he's saying, I'm hungry. I'm going to let go of everything good I know because I think you're carrying the next thing from God. But I, I don't quite perceive it yet. And Jesus said, I, I say to you, you can just hear tenderness. You can just hear that Jesus admires this man because he's, he's not like everyone else. He stepped out and, and he's, taking, he's just hungry. He's just hungry. And Jesus says, I, I say to you, unless one is born again, he can't see the kingdom. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, do you hear the faith of this man? He's not being sarcastic. He's not challenging Jesus. He is coming with what some of us have called a baby heart, a childlike faith. And he's just so honoring Jesus. And he goes, Jesus says, you have to be born again to see the kingdom. Now, what Nicodemus would have heard in the Greek was, you must return. That born again is you must return to a previous place you have been that was high. And when you return to wherever you were first created, that's the understanding of born again in the Greek here. Go all the way back to when you were first created. Then, if you will do that a second time, then you will see. You will discern and perceive and be skilled at bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. Nicodemus comes, risking his position. He's vulnerable. He's coming with childlike faith. And, and he's listening and brooding his vulnerabilities before Jesus. And Jesus is being vulnerable to him. Really, the first time Jesus is talking about being born again. And, and Nicodemus goes, well, do I enter my mother's womb a second time? Do you hear the faith of that? Do you hear the childlikeness? He wasn't being whatever, whatever. He was like, oh, what do I have to do? Just tell me, how do I get to the place where I can discern and perceive and be skilled at bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth? And Jesus said, oh, hear this tenderness truly. You hear the vulnerability? Truly, truly, I say to you, he's face to face with him. Unless one is born of water and the spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, born of the spirit, it's the spirit. He said, don't, don't marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. And so what he's saying to him is honoring his childlike faith. He says, oh, it's okay. 
truly, truly, I tell you, to be born again, you're born of water and spirit. And any Jew would have known then that he meant live from your spirit that was breathed into being before the foundations of the earth by the Father. Don't live the life in this earth based upon the family you were born in and the earthly gifts you were given. Return to a higher place, Nicodemus. Return to a higher place and seek by the Spirit who did God breathe you into being? What was the God-given DNA given to you from the Father? Go to that place. Or in essence, yes, for those who are not Jewish, or those who came after the cross. Yes, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And you will go to heaven. But to those who are like Nicodemus and still hungry, and who have caught a glimpse that he is more marvelous, more sovereign, more majestic, just boundless, we can't even describe him. And you want to know him. Then to that one. Set your heart to become a new creation. Let the old things pass away. And you've heard me say this over and over, but the Father is just pleading tonight for someone to get the revelation and wake up. The old things are the things in our personality, our paradigms, the way we think that have been put into us by our experiences in the earth. Those are the things everybody in the world has. We're not to have them. We're called to walk away from them. And what I mean by that is we are called to let the Spirit of God so heal hurts and wounds that we've experienced in this world, so flush out of us legalism or judgments or doubts or you fill in the blank so that we can become a new creation and we simply are a people who carry a different realm of love than the world. And in the old things, we depended, like all people on the earth, on our own personalities and our gifts and our abilities. And he's saying, just leave those old things behind to be a new creation. Can you depend upon the Holy Spirit? Can you slowly, step by step, move to where in every conversation or in your decisions, you're not legalistic about it. You're just aware, Holy Spirit, help me love this person in front of me more than I've ever loved them in my life. 
Holy Spirit, help me be calmer in this situation than I've ever been. Holy Spirit, when I'm sharing the gospel with someone, show me how they need to hear it in a way that is unique to what life has done to them. And it's that new creation of where you're continually, like Jesus, leaning in, going, what do you want me to say? Isn't that what Jesus said? I just say what the Father tells me to say. It's being willing to live the exchange of vulnerabilities that Jesus was. Jesus was, I have no doubts, Jesus was a brilliant man. He could have just... He knew the word backwards and forwards, but he embraced vulnerability to say, Father, I just want them to know what you're thinking right now. So he said, I'm not speaking to you. Tell me what to say. And the father makes himself vulnerable to Jesus and says, I promise I'll make sure you hear what I want you to say. I won't leave you stranded where Jesus, you're you're waiting on me to say something and I'll be vulnerable. I'll promise to make sure you hear what I want you to say. There is this transition, you see, because when we're saved, it is marvelous. We are sealed into heaven and the eternity of eternities. And we tend to approach our journey where our personality slowly gets some of the rough edges smoothed off. And we get varying levels of healing. But he has saved you and called you to a holy calling. And he has invited and said, if you will be in Christ, if you are in Christ, and the particular phrasing in the Greek is, if you will have a fixed position, then I am in Christ. And I will live from this position of being in him. And whether it's in my prayer life, in my relationships, in my job, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live from this position where you are a reality in front of me, Jesus. I'm not going to hit autopilot a lot. I'm just going gonna to be aware of you. And if I'm in you, things inside of me that were put here by this earth will begin to be healed and fall off of me. My mind will become quieter and yet wiser because now the Holy Spirit is giving more room to breathe in me. The more I rely on what I know in my faith, and who I am, and how I say this, and I say this the same way, and I do this, and I da-da-da-da, I'm kind of full. The less I rely on my experience, expertise, and whatever, whatever, the less I rely on it, the more room I make for the Holy Spirit to speak within me. It's not being the old-style legalistic of where You don't leave your house unless the Holy Spirit tells you to. And you don't write a grocery list unless he tells you. And you're wondering, which park should I park in, Holy Spirit? You don't get extreme and silly, okay? You guys are mature, but I want to make sure you know that. I'm talking about exchange vulnerabilities. 
I'm talking about living in the awareness that the beloved is living every second with you. And he wants to walk, if you will, parenthetically, arm in arm with you and whisper in your, say this. How about this? Oh, this is coming. And you're going, I like this one. I like it. And there's this sweet flow of dialogue. And then, the more we become a new creation and the things of this earth fall off, then we slowly make the progress of those verses in Second Corinthians chapter 5, where now we move from the potential of being a new creation to now we're ambassadors for him. Ambassadors is a heavy word. Because an ambassador knew the heart of the king and the ambassador's words were taken as the king's words. So when we're an ambassador, we lose our humanity that can go, it's going to be all right. God's going to work it out. Did God tell you that? Did God tell you to say that? Because sometimes it's not all right. You know what I mean? But that's our flesh. It's going to be all right. Do you know that? You know, when the dust settles, at some point, his goodness will prevail. But we don't know what that path is unless you have a prophetic word. Everybody okay with me on that? So an ambassador speaks the heart of the king. So in the moment, sometimes you may just listen and not say anything because you haven't heard anything. If you're in the flesh, you want to fix it for them. Well, you just need to do this. You should just need to do that. And it's out of the most beautiful heart. You're being darling and loving, but it's on an earthly level. Everybody still like me okay? If not, I'm just got to keep going anyway. So, you know, died to you guys liking me a long time ago where I wouldn't be still standing up here anywhere. You just couldn't do it. So, you know, you can't just say things to make people feel good, even though they, they would like for you to. And sometimes we wouldn't mind if somebody made us feel good, you know what I mean? But that's not our calling. Our calling is to grow to be a new creation where we're knowing his mind, we're knowing his heart more. Everything about our earthly ways and even the good ways we've done our faith, we're leaving behind now because we're coming higher in an intimacy and a oneness with him and a dialogue with him and an awareness that now you know to a greater degree he loves you. And the more you realize he loves you, the more you realize and you love other people and you have high honor for everybody. And so whoever's standing in front of you, there's a high honor. This, this is a son or daughter of God, and you're on holy ground. If you're counseling, mentoring, or advising, or listening, you're on holy ground, you know? And so you don't want to just... 
And so you feel the holiness of that other person. And you feel their pain and you feel compassion for them like Jesus was moved with compassion. And so then you're just leaning in because you want to be an ambassador who speaks with the king's heart. So you're listening for him to speak through you. Everybody okay? Everybody? Do you hear his invitation? And there's no limit to how high you go there in that relationship. There's no limit to how much in oneness you can become with him. In fact, his vision for our oneness was so great in John 17. He said, Father, I want them to love me with the same intensity and fullness that you love me. Can you imagine? Can you imagine making this journey to get things from this earth healed out of you so much, this pure love is starting to rise up for him and, and for others, and, and you're feeling yourself changing. It's not you at all, and you're leaning more into listening for his voice, and, and you're just seeing the beauty of him and so full of him. Can you fathom that he, he doesn't pray nonsense? He prayed that in this earth, we would make this journey to be such a new creation, such an ambassador that knows his heart, that we would love Jesus with the same love the Father has for him. I'm not close. Can you imagine the passion the Father has for him? And Jesus said, I make that available for you. Can you keep letting go of the, of the good and rising to the high? I was um, looking for something this week, and uh, I came across a, a poem um, of a book that I read probably back in my 40s. And... Um, let me read it to you, because I, I, it was like, wow, I haven't seen this poem for years. It's a prayer for going deeper. O oh, divine presence, I do not enter the deeper realm all by myself. Always you are there with me. As a guide, you protect and you direct me. As a loving companion, you always embrace me and support me. And as a wise one, you give me challenges and you give me solace. Oh, divine presence. As I go deeper to discover my own roots. And she's talking about like that God-given DNA, who you really are. As I go deeper to discover my roots, you wrap me in your love. You strengthen me as I face my own insecurities and fears. You surprise me with hidden treasures that were waiting inside of me that I never knew were me. Oh, divine presence, when I feel shaky and uncertain from seeking and searching, 
you come back and you assure me that I am rooted in your love. You remind me often that your love never leaves me, even when I lose the road to the inner home with you. Divine Presence, you desire my wholeness with you. You'll never leave me anywhere that would destroy me. So here's my life. I place it in your care. And I commit myself to forever going deeper with you. So tonight he has invited you to a journey. I pray something has resonated in your heart or at least awakened a hunger. I pray that in the depths that what you are also hearing, which we don't have time to go into tonight, is that as you become this new creation, and as you move closer to being an ambassador who can really speak for him, that along the way, as the love and the celebration of weakness and depending upon him, as that rises within you, what also happens is you rise in a greater authority ever-increasing authority with no limit to set people free from darkness and to bring victory into other people's lives and to even get in your car and prayer drive your neighborhood and seal it with peace that no violence will come there. You see, you have that power. Because where we put our feet when we walk in love does make a difference. Tonight is his honor of you, his invitation to you. I know this isn't a message you could just preach anywhere because it does take being a group that's been on the journey a long time and a group that's hungry. Dear ones, he is inviting you. He really is. Out of love not disappointment, just eagerness. So I'm going to invite you, if you would stand with me, I'm going to invite you to step in and be his representative tonight. Tonight, We're going to take communion the persecuted church style. So as we take it, listen. Is there one line he would have you pray over the persecuted church just quietly? What do you think he would say to them right now? Listen in your spirit. See if he gives you a word or not. And if you're new, Often in the persecuted church, we've worked with the persecuted church for 19 and a half years now. That regardless of the country, come Sunday morning, they knock on their cell three times, and any believer knocks back, and they take the bread, and they knock again, and they take the cup. So as we take it tonight, in your spirit, 
in marriage with his release something to the persecuted church and if you don't hear a word or a prayer that's okay just release Jesus so be an ambassador to the church in chains tonight okay take the bread imagine them in their cells take the cup In the Old Testament, Jesus said that the priests were like his ambassadors, that they were to release blessing on his people. And he told them that forever the priests were to bless the people by saying, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so now I invite you to come up higher and to be ambassadors of the blessing. We're going to sing the blessing, but most times we sing it over one another, not tonight. You'll come on, Jen. Behind the words, you'll see pictures that represent uh, ministries we're involved in all around the world. They're just images. So I invite you as his bride. I invite you as priest. I invite you as ambassadors. I invite you as people who carry the fullness of the resurrected Christ in you and the fullness of his authority and his power and his dominion to wake up and loose it. And may the anointing of the Holy Spirit come upon you that as you release, it will transform their circumstances. <laughs>